Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to special bonus anniversary month exciting content from us here at Straight Talking English. I am your host, Catherine, SDR8 Talk English on Twitter, straighttalkingenglish.com. Full context series on Amazon, search them up. I've done it on Jekyll and Hyde, Christmas Carol, Sign of Four and of Mice and Men. So if you're studying that or you like that, buy it. It's very good. Patreon slash Straight Talking English, every little helps. You can support my show for as little as a pound a month. Just find me on Patreon. And I am on YouTube. I've done some context videos where you can see my face in and around London. So as you know, this is our special bonus content because I just said that. And this month, because it is my anniversary of doing this podcast, I am out and about talking to really cool and interesting people who you might not know, but you probably want to hear from even though you don't know it yet, in the field of English and poetry and cool stuff. I was lucky to catch Dave Ward when he had a little bit of time and have a chat with him about poetry. Dave Ward started this fabulous, fabulous scheme called the Windows Project. It's up in Liverpool and it is brilliant. So let's start off and hear what he has to say for himself. Okay, well, my name is Dave Ward. Uh, I also write as David Greycoose. Um, I am co-founder and coordinator and or artistic director of the Windows Project, which I set up with poet Dave Calder in 1976 and we've been running uh, poetry and creative writing workshops in various settings that include community venues such as play schemes and youth centres and adult day centres, variously festivals and carnivals, also in schools. We've been doing that since 1976 and building up a cohort of, of freelancers who, who run workshops with us um, and expanding where and how we work. So we've got to find out a little bit more about Dave's journey to becoming a poet and what the Windows Project is all about. Um, well, going right back, um, when I was a child, I used to make my own little comic. Um, this would be in the 1950s I was fortunate that my my dad taught music at the local grammar school and brought home scrap paper so I mean this is not so very long after the end of the second world war lots of things were still hard to come by so I would uh, draw and write my own comics on the other side of paper that had woodwork drawings on the back um i would take them into our local junior school because in those days on wednesday afternoons you could bring in and do anything you liked and, and share it with other people and so these little comics would be passed all around the classroom um and i started writing stories which i made into little books and went on from that to write poems, um, probably from the age of about 11, 
uh, and just carried on doing it. Um, more recently, I've also been writing lots of stories. I've written a book called Brunt Bocket, which was uh, nominated for the Carnegie Award and is now out with Pushkin. Um, but I still write poetry as well. As someone who has been engaging with young people and poetry for a while, what do you think is the importance of introducing young people to poetry? I think it's it's magical, it's transformative, it's like alchemy. Um, you use metaphors, you can turn anything into anything. Um, and it encourages young people to use their creativity and they can then use that creativity in any context as, as they grow, um, whether that's playing football, starting a business, playing the trumpet. And so it's not necessarily that by going into schools and community venues as poets that we're saying we want you all to be poets, although it's not unusual that a poet can leave a classroom and lots of the kids are going, I want to be a writer when I grow up. Um, but you're demonstrating that it is possible to succeed at something in life that is something you really love. And you're more likely to succeed in life with something you really love than doing a job that you hate. Was that one of your motivations for setting up the Windows project? Yes. Um, I mean, it, it was partly happenstance, but then they say you, you make your own luck. Um, I knew I wanted to focus on poetry. Um, I mean, the, the poet Tom Picard um, from Newcastle uh, famously fought his case for when he was signing on. Uh, saying I want to sign on as a poet because that is how I describe myself, that is the work I'm looking for. Um, only you know, in 1976, I guess, Roger McGough, Brian Patton uh, were earning a living wage from going out doing poetry readings, but if they had a multi-million selling poetry book behind them to do that um, and in a way when we started the Windows project we were expanding for poets we were expanding the ways in which you can rightfully earn some money through your craft because if it was only down to doing readings that, that would that would run dry fairly quickly and this of course predates poets being employed to run creative writing courses in in further education and for the people we work with the participants it's what i was saying earlier it's it's to pass on that that joy and love of what we do to other people could you tell me a little bit more about the windows project um not i am not i do not think most of my listeners will have heard about it which is a crying shame so could you tell us a little bit more about it yes well we're, we're based in liverpool um, as I said, we, we started off, uh, Dave Calder and I, along with Carol Ann Duffy and Libby Houston, were invited by Merseyside Play Action Council to run poetry workshops on their play schemes in 
the long hot summer of 1976. Um, and so we we got together to think, how are we actually going to do that? Now, I had previously been working at Great George's project, um, known locally as the Blackie, because it was an old uh, congregational church that had got uh, black with sort has a most six buildings in the book, so the kids called it the Blackie. Um, and Dave Calder and I had worked there on events, putting on poets. I'd worked there on their play schemes and on their main program. So as part of that, uh, they they use games uh, for introducing art to people, and I had come up with this game where you throw a ball into a bank of letters, you get a letter and you add one word beginning with that letter to an ongoing poem. Um, when Carol Ann joined us, she suggested it be called The Amazing Push Poem Machine, and it's been called that ever since, and we're still running a version <laughs> of it to this day. We were in Tate, Liverpool, over Christmas and New Year, uh, doing The Amazing Push Poem Machine with roughly 100 people a day, and also a, a, another workshop alongside it called Power Lines. So we've gone on exploring, making new games, making new ways to introduce poetry to people, and as I say, taking it into lots of different settings and contexts. We also have, Windows Project has what we call the Small Press Library, which is housed in the Liverpool Central Library, which is an archive of poetry magazines and literary journals, dating back to the mid-60s of absolutely anything that came our way and we could lay our hands on. Um, a lot of material that probably isn't in British Library, even though anything that's published is supposed to get sent there, but I think a lot of people producing small magazines either didn't realise they were supposed to do that or couldn't care less about doing that. Um, so that is an archive of something like 5,000 different pieces. Uh, we have been doing some exploratory work with University of Nottingham um, on as much its social, what it shows socially um, about how poetry has changed, partly in how poetry is produced, how it's published. So clearly a lot of that was non-London centric. And as I say, you can actually chart the increasing diversity of who contributes to magazines, who edits magazines, and so on. Since we're coming up to GCSE season, and it's a little bit hectic out here in the world, I wanted to find out a little bit more about Dave's views on the old exams. Poet Adrian Mitchell, who was wonderfully writer-in-residence at Lancaster University when I was there from 68 to 71. Uh, used to have a line at the front of his books that said, no poem from this book shall be used in any way in any examination whatsoever. Nice. Um, and apparently one of his poems did get one set in an examination and Adrian insisted on taking the examination <laughs> and, and failing it spectacularly. <laughs> How, assuming, for working on the theory that um, 
examinations of some kind at 16 are necessary. How how would you go about examining English? I think I think what is possibly more important is the building blocks and I'm finding myself you know, they say that as you go through life, you start off as, as, as a young rebel and you end up, you know, Wordsworth went from being a, a rebellious young man to supporting the Conservative Party. I don't think I've got quite <laughs> that. But I do think, looking back, I mean, I went to an old-style grammar school. You got taught grammar. Um, so I instinctively know how it works. I also did linguistics at Lancaster, which a lot of the students doing English just ran away from. And I I quite took to it. And I know poets who are younger, who when they were at school, they were at school, they were at school at the time when a lot of that had been thrown out the window as being too... uh, Too much of a construct and, and you should simply rely on your imagination that, well, that's you my both. generation yeah and if you don't understand how a clause works and syntax and where the apostrophes go it's fine to rebel against it but you need to know what you're rebelling against um i've actually started really enjoying writing poems that are in ballad style that have got rhyme and rhythm and you know when I was 20 that was the last thing I wanted to do (laughs) Um, so you need to embrace all of it Um, similarly with you know I went to a Beethoven concert last night Um, at one time I was very interested in the musical avant-garde and now I think yeah well it's fine but it, there's no tunes why do we have to throw the tunes away as well um, writing has to communicate but you have to understand what you're using in order to communicate it so I actually think it's more important to encourage young people to read to not necessarily break down a poem but to understand its mechanics like I I can remember now sitting in the classroom and learning about, we would write, we would annotate poems with all the rhythm stresses. And that fascinated me when I was 11. And it it stood me in good stead ever since. And I expect at the time I learned all the names of all the different verse patterns. I won't pretend I still know them now, but (laughs) all of that is the building blocks of the craft. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't teach engineering. You wouldn't expect people to build the buildings of the future without knowing how to mix concrete. Yes, that's a sensible, sensible image. Um, so you need all of that. Well, I think, you see, when, when reading poems to particularly infants and young juniors, what I noticed is they invariably like the ones that have got a strong rhyme and rhythm. But then when you do a writing workshop with them at that age, they want to try and write like that, but they don't have the vocabulary or the understanding of how rhythms work. And then they get a bit frustrated.
it or they, they rhyme with the first word that comes into their head and then it becomes nonsense. <laughs> um, so actually, if I'm in a classroom with quite young children, I'll read them stuff that's rhymed and rhythm, but then do a workshop that encourages them not to use rhyme and rhythm. Um, but I think, I don't know, personally, my, my writing just keeps on evolving and changing. Um, I mean, the, the Brunt Boggart stories are written as if folk tales and they're very language rich, but quite a number of them have ballad-like poems sewn into them. Um, and I started writing them, uh, oh, I can't remember how long ago now, uh, 2005 or six. Um, and I, I'd had the ideas for such stories for some time, but couldn't quite find the voice to write them in. Uh, and I'd been to China to do performances and workshops there, and I had managed to get food poisoning, and so I didn't eat anything for four days. And then in Beijing, I woke up the morning I was due to travel, and there was uh, almost apocalyptic thunderstorm going on and I woke up at five o'clock in the morning and wrote on a piece of paper write the stories <laughs> then I went back to sleep got up went to the airport got on the plane fell asleep and found myself hearing in my head the voice speaking the introductory page of the book and I, I woke up and wrote it all down and that was the voice, and then I just couldn't stop writing these stories, and I'm still writing them now. I'm on book three. So, um, I don't know if that answers the question, so that's, uh, oh. that's what I'm doing. Thank you very much. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything else that you would like to tell um, the listeners who, according to my stats, are apparently across 14 countries, which surprises me every day? Is it? <clears throat> Anything you, anything at all you would like to tell the people listening about? I think two, uh, two contrasting instances of how poetry can really grab people in the classroom. Um, once was in a special school on the edge of Liverpool for however you term it, failing pupils, excluded pupils. We were doing a workshop in the classroom. They had staggered breaks. So outside on the playground, this class's mates were hammering on the window, laughing at them because they were in the classroom. Um, one of our class just got up, went over to the window and said, quite broadly go away um, we are writing poems um, and went back to writing poems when I was in Singapore visiting schools almost similarly it was it, they have very big class sizes in Singapore so there were at least 
40 pupils. And it was last day of term, so traditionally it becomes a bit celebratory. Um, I'd done my performance in the morning as part of all the staff doing little performances and the pupils were in an unusually sort of giddy mood. But I was then doing a workshop in the classroom and the schools in Singapore don't have air conditioning, but all the windows uh, are open, so you can hear noise around the school. And you could hear sort of uh, happy, happy partying going on in all the classrooms except ours where they were doing this poetry workshop. And they were very focused on it. And I just got them to the point where I'd, I'd set the proposition and they were about to start writing their poetry. And there was a knock on the door and I thought, oh no, we're going to get interrupted. And it was a, a messenger from another classroom saying, it is break time. Um, do you want to take your break? And again, before the teacher could say anything, one of the pupils said, we do not wish to take our break. We are writing poems. <laughs> so there you have it. How cool is that? I mean, it's honestly been an absolute privilege to interview someone from the old guard. I love it. If you are up in Liverpool and you want to get involved or you want to find out a little bit more or if anything I've said just sounds really cool which i hope it does then search up the windows project loads and loads of information out there and make use of this i mean what it is honestly fantastic my experiences of liverpool have been nothing but slightly cold and windy and positive so it is on the list of my recommended cities so check that out thank you very much once again my listeners for sticking with me for a whole year of this blooming podcast project thank you so much we're coming to near to the end of anniversary month which is kind of rubbish but onwards and upwards thank you so much for listening tune in on fridays for our regular content and regular drops thank you so much str8 talk english on twitter straight english.com full context on amazon buy my books buy my books buy my books patreon slash straight talking english if you like what i do and search me up on youtube if you want to see my big spherical face telling you about poetry thank you very much and i will see you soon Thank you.